Bridge to Terabithia, Chapter 1, Jesse Oliver Aarons Jr. Baroom, 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 barippity, 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 barippity. Good. His dad has the pickup going. He could get up now. Jess slid out of bed and into his overalls. He didn't worry about his shirt because once he began running, he would be hot as popping grease, even if the morning air was chill, or shoes because the bottoms of his feet were by now as tough as worn-out sneakers. Where are you going, Jess? Maybelle lifted herself up from the sleepily from the double bed where she and Joyce Ann slept. Shh, he warned. The walls were thin and Mama would be mad as flies in a fruit jar if they woke her up this time of day. He patted Mabel's hair and yanked the twisted sheet up to her small chin. Just over the cow field, he whispered. Mabel smiled and snuggled down under the sheet. Gonna run? Maybe. Of course he was gonna run. He had gotten up early every day all summer to run. He figured if he worked at it, and Lord, had he worked at it, he would be the fastest runner in the fifth grade when school opened up. He had to be the fastest, not one of the fastest or the next to the fastest, but the fastest, the very best. He tiptoed out of the house. The place was so rattly that it screeched whenever you put your foot down. But Jess had found that if you tiptoed, it gave only a low moan, and he could usually get outdoors without waking Mama or Ellie or Brenda or Joyce Ann. Mabel was another matter. She was going on seven, and she worshipped him, which was okay sometimes. When you were the only boy smashed between four sisters, and the older two had despised you ever since you stopped letting them dress you up and wheel you around in their rusty old doll carriage, and the littlest one cried if you looked at her cross-eyed. It was nice to have somebody who worshipped you, even if it got unhandy sometimes. He began to trot across the yard. His breath was coming out in little puffs, cold for August, but it was early yet. By noontime, when his mom would have him out working, it would be hot enough. Miss Bessie started, stared at him sleepily as he climbed across the scrap heap, over the fence, and into the cow field. Moo, she said, looking for all the world like another Maybell with her big, brown, droopy eyes. Hey, Miss Bessie, just said soothingly. Just go on back to sleep. Miss Bessie strolled over to a greenest patch. Most of the field was brown and dry and even yanked and yanked up a mouthful. That a girl. Just eat your breakfast. Don't pay me no mind. He always started at the northwest corner of the field, crouched over like the runners he had seen on Wide World of Sports. Bang, he said, and took off lying around the cow field. Miss Bessie strolled toward the center, still following him with her droopy eyes, chewing slowly. She didn't look very smart, even for a cow, but she was plenty bright enough to get out of just his way. Her straw-colored hair flapped hard against his forehead, and his arms and legs flew out in every which way. He had never learned to run properly, but he was long-legged for a ten-year-old, and no one had more grit than he. Lark Creek Elementary was short on everything, especially athletic equipment, so all the balls went to the upper grades and at recess time after lunch. Even if a fifth grader started out the period with the ball, it was sure it would be in the hands of a sixth or seventh grader before the hour was half over. The older boys always took the dry center of the upper field for their games, while the girls claimed the top section for hopscotch and jump rope and hanging around talking. So the lower grade boys had started this running thing. They would all line up on the far side of the lower field where it was either muddy or deep, crusty ruts. Earl Watson, who was no good at running, 
but had a big mouth, would yell bang, and they'd race to a line they'd tiptoed across, they'd towed across at the other end. One time last year, Jesse had won. Not just the first heat, but the whole shebang. Only once. But it had put into his mouth a taste for winning. Ever since he'd been in first grade, he had been that crazy little kid that draws all the time. But one day, April the 22nd, a drizzly Monday, it had been, he ran ahead of them all. The red mud sloshed up through the holes in the bottom of his sneakers. For the rest of the day and until the lunch on the next, he had been the fastest kid in the third, fourth, and fifth grades. And he only a fourth grader. On Tuesday, Wayne Pettis had won again as usual. But this year, Wayne Pettis would be in sixth grade. He'd play football until Christmas and baseball until June and the rest with the rest of the big guys. Anybody had a chance to be the fastest runner. And by Miss Bessie, this year it was going to be Jesse Oliver Aarons Jr. Jess pumped his arms harder and bent his head for the distant fence. He could hear the third grade boys screaming him on. They would follow him around like a country music star. And Mabel would pop her buttons. Her brother was the fastest and the best. That ought to give the rest of the first grade something to chew their cuds on. Even his dad would be proud. Jess rounded the corner and he couldn't keep going quite so fast. But he continued running for a while. It would build him up. Maybell would tell Daddy so it would look as though he, Jess, was a bragger. Maybe Dad would be proud of him and forget about how tired he was from all the long drive back and forth to Washington and the digging and hauling all day. He would get right down on the floor and wrestle the way they used to. Old Dad would be surprised at how strong he'd gotten the last couple years. His body was begging him to quit, but just pushed it on. He had to let that puny chest of his know who was boss. Jess! It was Mabel yelling from the other side of the scrap heap. Mama says you gotta come in now and eat now. Leave the milking till later. Oh, crud! He'd run too long. Now everyone would know he'd been out and start in on him. Yeah, okay, he turned, still running and headed for the scrap heap. Without breaking his rhythm, he climbed over the fence, scrambled across the scrap heap, thumped Mabel on the head, ow, and trotted onto the house. Well, look at the big old Olympic star, said Ellie, banging two cups onto the table so that the strong black coffee sloshed out, sweating like a knock-kneed mule. Jess pushed his damp hair out of his face and plunked down on the wooden bench. He dumped two spoonfuls of sugar into his cup and slurped to keep the hot coffee from scalding his mouth. Ooh, Mama, he stinks. Brenda pinched her nose with her pinky crooked delicately. Make him wash. Get over here to the sink and wash yourself, his mother said without raising her eye from the stove. And step on it. These grits are scorching the bottom of the pot already. Mama, not again, Brenda whined. Lord, he was tired. There wasn't a muscle in his body that didn't ache. You heard what Mama said, Ellie yelled at his back. I can't stand it, Mama, Brenda's again. Make him get his smelly self off this bench. Jess put his cheek down on the bare wood of the tabletop. Jesse, his mother was looking now, and put on a shirt. Yes, ma'am. He dragged himself to the sink. The water he flipped on his face and up his arms pricked like ice. His hot skin crawled under the cold drops. Maybelle was standing in the kitchen door watching him. Give me a shirt, Maybelle. She looked as if her mouth was set to say no, but instead she said, you shouldn't ought to beat me in the head and went off obediently to fetch his t-shirt. Good old Maybell. Joyce Ann would have been screaming yet from the little tap. Four-year-olds were a pure pain. I got plenty of chores needs doing around here this morning, his mother announced. 
as they were finishing the grits and red gravy. His mother was from Georgia and still cooked like it. Oh, mama, Ellie and Brenda squawked in concert. Those girls could get out of work faster than grasshoppers could slip through your fingers. Mama, you promised me and Brenda we could go to Millsboro for school shopping. You ain't got no money for school shopping. Mama, we're just going to go look around. Lord, he wished Brenda would stop whining so. Christmas, you don't want us to have no fun at all. Any fun, Ellie corrected her primly. Oh, shut up. Ellie ignored her. Ms. Timmons is coming by to pick us up. I told Lolly Sunday you said it was okay. I feel dumb calling her and saying that now you changed your mind. Oh, all right, but I ain't got no money to give you. Any money, something whispered inside Jess's head. I know, Mama. We'll just take the $5 Daddy promised us. No more than that. What $5? Oh, Mama, you remember. Ellie's voice was sweeter than a melted Mars bar. Daddy said last week that we girls, we're going to have something special for school. Oh, take it, his mother said angrily, reaching for her cracked vinyl purse on the shelf of the sto- above the stove. She counted out five wrinkled bills. Mama, Brenda was staring again. Can we have just one more? So it'll be three each? No. Mama, you can't buy nothing for two fifty. Just one little pack of notebook papers? Gone up to no. Ellie got up noisily and began to clear the table. Your turn to wash, Brenda, she said loudly. Ah, Ellie. Ellie jabbed her with her spoon. Jessie saw that look, and Brenda shut up her whiny halfway out of her rose-lustered lipstick mouth. She wasn't as smart as Ellie, but even she knew not to push Mama too far, which left Jess to do the work as usual. Mama never sent the babies out to help, although if he worked it right, he could usually get Maybelle to do something. He put his head down on the table. The running had done him in this morning. Through his top ear came the sound of the Timmins's old Buick. Wants oil, his dad would say and the happy buzz of the voices outside the screen door as Ellie and Brenda squashed in among the seven Timminses. All right, Jess, get your lazy self up off that bench. Miss Bessie's bag is probably dragging to the ground by now, and you still got beans to pick. Lazy? He was the lazy one? He gave his poor dead weight of a head one more minute on the lab tabletop. Jessie! Okay, Mama, I'm going. It was Mabel who came to tell him in the bean patch that people were moving into the old Perkins place down on the next farm. Jess wiped his hair out of his eyes and squinted. Sure enough, a U-Haul was parked right by the door. One of those big jointed ones. These people had a lot of junk, but they wouldn't last. The Perkins place was one of those ratty old country houses you moved into because you had no decent place to go and moved out of as quickly as you could. He thought later how peculiar it was that here was probably the biggest thing in his life, and he had shrugged it off as nothing. The flies were buzzing around his sweaty face and shoulders. He dropped the beans into the bucket and swatted it with both hands. Give me a shirt, Mabel. The flies were more important than any U-Haul. Mabel jogged to the end of the row and picked up his t-shirt, and from where it had been discarded earlier. She walked back, holding it with two fingers way out in front of her. Ooh, it stinks, she said just as Brenda would have. Shut up, he said, and grabbed the shirt away from her.